Section 1 of Letters of Jonathan Oldstyle, Gentlemen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Letters of Jonathan Oldstyle, Gentlemen, by Washington Irving. Letter 1. Sir, nothing is more intolerable to an old person than innovation on old habits the customs that prevailed in our youth become dear to us as we advance in years and we can no more bear to see them abolished than we can to behold the trees cut down under which we have sported in the happy days of infancy even i myself who have floated down the stream of life with the tide who have humoured it in all its turnings who have conformed in a great measure to all its fashions cannot but feel sensible of this prejudice i often sigh when i draw a comparison between the present and the past and though i cannot but be sensible that in general times are altered for the better yet there is something even in the imperfections of the manners which prevailed in my youthful days that is inexpressibly endearing there is nothing that seems more strange and preposterous to me than the manner in which modern marriages are conducted the parties keep the matter as secret as if there was something disgraceful in the connection the lady positively denies that anything of the kind is to happen will laugh at her intended husband and even lay bets against the event the very day before it is to take place they sneak into matrimony as quietly as possible and seem to pride themselves on the cunning and ingenuity they have displayed in their manoeuvres how different is this from the manners of former times i recollect when my aunt barbara was addressed by squire stylish nothing was heard of during the whole courtship but consultations and negotiations between her friends and relatives the matter was considered and reconsidered and at length the time set for a final answer never mr editor shall i forget the awful solemnity of the scene the whole family of the old styles assembled in awful conclave my aunt barbara dressed out as fine as hands could make her high cushion enormous cap long waist prodigious hoop ruffles that reached to the end of her fingers and a gown of flame-coloured brocade figured with poppies roses and sunflowers never did she look so sublimely handsome the squire entered the room with a countenance suited to the solemnity of the occasion he was arrayed in a full suit of scarlet velvet his coat decorated with a profusion of large silk buttons and the skirts stiffened with a yard or two of buckram a long pigtailed wig well powdered adorned his head and stockings of deep blue silk rolled over the knees graced his extremities the flaps of his vest reached to his knee buckles and the ends of his cravat tied with the most precise neatness twisted through every buttonhole thus accoutred he gravely walked into the room with his ivory-headed ebony cane in one hand and gently swaying his three-cornered beaver with the other the gallant and fashionable appearance of the squire the gracefulness and dignity of his deportment occasioned a general smile of complacency through the room my aunt barbara modestly veiled her countenance with her fan 
but I observed her contemplating her admirer with great satisfaction through the sticks. The business was opened with the most formal solemnity, but was not long in agitation. The old styles were moderate, their articles of capitulation few. The squire was gallant, and acceded to them all. In short, the blushing Barbara was delivered up to his embraces with due ceremony. Then, Mr. Editor, then were the happy times. Such oceans of Iraq, such mountains of plum-cake, such feasting and congratulating, such fiddling and dancing. Ah, me, who can think of those days, and not sigh when he sees the degeneracy of the present? No eating of cake, nor throwing of stockings, not a single skin filled with wine on the joyful occasion, nor a single pocket edified by it, but the parson's. It is with the greatest pain I see those customs dying away, which serve to awaken the hospitality and friendship of my ancient comrades, that strewed with flowers the path to the altar, and shed a ray of sunshine on the commencement of the matrimonial union. The deportment of my Aunt Barbara and her husband was as decorous after marriage as before. Her conduct was always regulated by his, her sentiments ever accorded with his opinions. She was always eager to tie on his neckcloth of a morning, to tuck a napkin under his chin at meal-times, to wrap him up warm of a winter's day, and to spruce him up as smart as possible of a Sunday. The squire was the most attentive and polite husband in the world, would hand his wife in and out of church with the greatest ceremony, drink her health at dinner with particular emphasis, and ask her advice on every subject, though I must confess he invariably adopted his own. Nothing was heard from both sides but deers, sweet loves, doves, etc. The squire could never stir out of a winter's day without his wife calling after him from the window to button up his waistcoat carefully. Thus all things went on smoothly, and my relation stylish had the name, and as far as I know deserved it, of being the most happy and loving couple in the world. A modern married pair will, no doubt, laugh at all this. They are accustomed to treat one another with the utmost carelessness and neglect. No longer does the wife tuck the napkin under her husband's chin, nor the husband attend to heaping her plate with dainties. No longer do I see those little amusing fooleries in company where the lady would pat her husband's cheek and he chuck her under the chin, when dears and sweets were as plenty as cookies on a New Year's Day. The wife now considers herself as totally independent, will advance her own opinions without hesitation, though directly opposite to his, will carry on accounts of her own, and will even have secrets of her own, with which she refuses to entrust him. Who can read these facts, and not lament with me the degeneracy of the present times? What husband is there but will look back with regret to the happy days of female subjection? Jonathan Oldstyle End of letter one. Recording by James K. White. Chula Vista.